0: Welcome to the venue. We're very glad you're with us this morning. And uh, so I've been saying uh, hello to a lot of you. Alice and I were gone for two weekends. Um, we, uh, it was great for us to get away. We, had fun. we went on a cruise to Alaska, and uh, that was a blast. We went with Convoy of Hope. They invited us to go for a second time. And they tell us about all the stuff that they're involved in, and we partner with them in, in uh, some different things in ministry. And I'll be talking more about that in the weeks ahead. But we had... Uh, Fun, but it's so good to be home. We love it here. And uh, and so, you know, that's a good thing, right? When it's good to get away, but it's good to come home, that's a that's a good experience. But while we were gone, we did some stuff we don't normally do. Alice and I, one of those things we did is when we stopped in one of those ports, we got on a helicopter and flew to the top of a glacier. And then uh, there we went dog sledding. And uh, that was a new experience for me. Now, the last time we went, we actually had been on the helicopter to the glacier. But this was a whole new level going dog sledding. And it was fun. And, you know, one of my things was, well, how are the dogs? Because I I love dogs. These dogs were having the time of their lives. They were so happy. They wanted to be pulling the sleds. They were fighting and arguing over it. And there was a a big sort of dog camp. And uh, there was puppies that Alice got to hold. And they were really cute. They'd just been born. And they had these houses. Uh, and I was like, well, how often do they go into those little tiny houses, and the the, the uh, people that take care of them say so they never go in there. They spend all their time on the roof, even when it's really, really cold. They like it. They're bred for, that's cold, so go figure, all of that. But they have it set up through this dog sled. So there's somebody actually running the dog sled, but they have this extra kind of thing in the back where you can stand up, and it feels like you're, you're the musher. You know, you're running the dog sled, you're, you're hanging on, and... and uh, uh, it was very cool, and, and so even though you're not really doing anything, you get the experience. But Alice and I both got to do that, and then we were teasing this whole trip when we would do something we hadn't Well, I'm a musher now. I'm a, I'm a dog sledder. I'm not, but we would tease, and we went. After we got off the cruise, we went and spent uh, a couple of days at Mount Rainier, which is in Washington, beautiful drive, and it's really cool because it's, it's really high, and we said, hey, let's go hiking, and, and so we, uh, we, okay, and I hadn't... Um, See, I just figured, it was June 30th when we were there. By the end of June, snow should be gone everywhere, right? Not in Mount Rainier. So there's still lots of snow uh, when you get up there. And we wanted to go hiking. And we there was this trail that said, this is an easy trail. And I said, well, that sounds like the right trail for us. And uh, we were decked out in our hiking gear, which was sneakers. And I had a stick. And uh, <laughs> she didn't even have a stick. And uh, we started to... Go up this trail, and it started out okay, but up, up a little ways further, because it, it was the trail was sort of blacktop, but then there was snow over it, and then it was icy snow, and and it's getting harder to go up. And these people are coming by us, and these they have these full backpacks and this full clothing, and they have chains on their shoes, boots, and these poles with with you know spikes in them, and and I I think hey I don't think we have the right gear for this, because <laughs> we're starting to slip down and everything, and it's it's sort of that. Uh, Look, Alice uh, told me, you know, it's sort of that thing when you live down here and you go to the beach and you see somebody from up north who's on the beach and who's already like ten shades of red and you want to go, get off the beach! You know, I'm sure that's what those people were thinking with their sneakers and... Yeah, they were like, look at those people are really not ready for this experience. But when then we were like, oh, I'm a hiker now, but we weren't... We, were, we stayed at this little cabin, and when we checked in, the guy asked Alice, are you guys going to summit? <laughs> I was like, no way am I going 14,000 feet up that thing. No. I got a stick and some sneakers. We made it like a quarter of a mile. We were done. But anyway, uh, so we, we tease about that stuff. Okay, now I'm a dog sledder. I'm a hiker. But you know, the, the series we're going to talk about is about who we really are. And I, I call this series, Who Do You Think You Are? I like having fun titles in my series, and there is of course a matching wristband out there now if you need it. I like to wear it, so I think about it all the time. And I like the title because how you say it makes it mean different things. Like, so if, if, have you ever, who do you think you are? You ever, you ever done that with, you know, like somebody that cuts you off in traffic? Uh, or, or the corollary of that, and maybe you've never done this, but if somebody cuts you, you know, cuts you, uh, or you, you're trying to get in and they're judging your driving, and you're like, Do you know who I think I am? You ever? So it's like, man, never mind. So, anyway, the question is, though, really, who do you think you are? And I want to talk about our identity in Christ and how important it is for us to know that. That we have to know who we are in Christ in order to experience the full and abundant, now and forever life that Jesus came for us to have. And so we're going to be digging into that in this series. This will sort of serve as an intro today, and then we're going to press in in the weeks ahead to figuring out our identity in Christ. Uh, but I do have time for a bad joke or two because I, I, I didn't want you to think, oh, he's come back and forgotten how to tell bad jokes. And I listened to Billy's bad jokes and pfft, so <laughs> I listened online. Billy does great, doesn't he? Billy and Angie and the whole staff here, we're so blessed with everybody, but uh, he did a great job. So a mime... Breaks his left arm in a bar fight, and he gets arrested. But he still has the right to remain silent. (laughs) Pretty good, huh? Okay. All right, uh, just one more. So, So Joey bought his kids a bunch of Sharpies to play with, and his wife is really upset with him. But it's weird because she still wakes up every day with a huge smile on her face. Sorry. I love that. (laughs) Scripture reading. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. the forgiveness of sins. And blessed be the word of um, the Lord. I want to dig into that passage with you in just a moment. Before I do, one more verse. And this verse will sort of be the sort of underlying foundational verse of this series. Remember in the last series, we kept looking at Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, this is our, our underlying verse for this series. Second Corinthians 5, 17. And it says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... They're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. In Christ, we're new creations. Now, here's where all this begins to hopefully um, come together. Uh, I talked about our identity. So most of you are aware with the idea of identity theft, Yeah, in our culture, we're pretty much aware that's where someone comes and steals personal and private information from you and uses it for their own financial gain. Some of you may have been victims of identity theft. Um, Many of us probably have that little service that we hire to help us protect from that situation. Uh, And we may think, well, this idea of identity theft is fairly new. But we have an enemy who's been craftily using identity theft for a couple of thousand years. And what he wants to do is, is steal your identity in Christ. He doesn't want you to know who you really are and how that impacts your life. So he tries to lie to you and, and keep you stuck in places that, that God has already taken you into and set you free from. And so we're new creations. Now, we don't always feel like new creations, and that's where we struggle. But over the last two series, we've been talking about this idea of living in tension, and I've introduced that so to, to get to this point so that we can grasp the concept. We tend to think of things sort of we're either here or we're here. But the Bible helps us to understand that we're living in tension. The spiritual life is life in tension, which means that there can be more than one thing happening at the same time. We use to illustrate that the very idea of the kingdom of God and that, that Jesus has come the first time and he's going to come back a second time. And when he came, he inaugurated the kingdom. When he returns, he's going to consummate the kingdom. But the kingdom is here at some point. It's just not fully here yet. We live in a tension we call the now and the not yet. And we need to embrace that tension. It explains a lot of things. I, I've, uh, in every series, pretty much, I give you the idea of salvation We're always talking about how important it is to come to know Jesus and the gospel and responding to the good news. But when we we come and believe on the Lord Jesus in faith, we're saved. Salvation. But there's parts to salvation. And so when you first come and you get saved, that's justification. And, And I'd like you to remember that. That's really important. And the way to remember that is just as if I'd never sinned. That when you come and give your life to Jesus uh, in faith and accept Him as Lord and Savior, that God chooses then to see you in the perfection of His Son. He's relating to you on the perfection of His Son just as if you'd never sinned. It's one of the most amazing concepts for us to get our, get our eyes you know, hands around and, and go, Wow, because it's life changing. So we're saved. At the same time, when that happens, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, and the process is called sanctification, and part of salvation is we're being saved. So we're saved, don't get me wrong, but we're also being saved. The Holy Spirit has come, and He's uh, empowering us to continue to grow and to change over time until such point in time when we go to be with Jesus, or He comes to get us, whatever that looks like, and then we're at glorification, and that has a future thing that's coming, right? So we're saved, and we're being saved, and we will be saved. That's all in the idea of salvation, and you need to hang into the tension to understand what's going on. And it clears up a lot of issues in Scripture when you realize that when they're talking about salvation, it has these different sort of ideas going on with it. So I want you to hang on to that tension the entire time that we talk through this series. Now let's get back to the passage of scripture uh, to sort of uh, that we read in our scripture reading to sort of start this whole thing. So, uh, and Paul is praying for the church in Coloss. These are people; they're his friends that he's led to Jesus, and he's praying for them. And and so, point number one is about doing God's will. And he starts his prayer and he says, "Listen, I'm I'm praying is that you'll you'll get God's will in your life. You'll do God's will." Now, oftentimes. We have this idea that if we could just find God's will for our life, we'd be okay. I just if I could find God's will for my life, then I'm pretty sure everything would work out. But see, the reality is the Bible doesn't really talk about finding God's will. Let me read you this. Psalm 143.10. The psalmist says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. See, it's, it's not really a matter of finding God's will. It's a matter of doing it. And when people ask me about the will of God, they, well, you know, what, what's that all about? Uh, this is what I always say. If you've been here for any period of time, you've heard me say it, that, that God's will is, is living by doing the next right thing. Thank you so much. Good. And there is a wristband for that too back there. All right. So anyway, I know I'm funny that way. Living by doing the next right thing. Well, then people say, well, how do I do that? And I say, listen, here's, here's a, all I know about that is that that's why it's so important that you spend time reading this book and praying because what you want to do is, is know what's in here and you want to yield to the Holy Spirit in your life, that that's what this is all about. And, and so there's things in this book that God says about who He is and about who we are in Him and about how we're to relate to one another. And if you don't know those things, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It, it just means you, you miss out on the full and abundant life that He's created for us to have and that he's made possible for us by all he's done on the cross and so we're going to look at some things over the next few weeks and hear about who we are and they're life changing and what they help us do in this point number two is they help us to live lives that please god now you might look at that and go well that doesn't sound like much of a life listen any life that you live the life that you live that's pleasing to god will be the absolute best life that you can have there's nothing better than you could ever experience is living a life that's pleasing to Him. Because the way God is, it will be the best life that you can ever have. So Paul prays and he says, Listen, I'm praying that you'll be filled with this knowledge so you'll know what to do and that your spiritual antenna, if you would, will be up because you'll know what I'm saying to you to do. The, the, you'll listen to the Lord and you'll know what it's supposed to look like as you listen to Him and as you walk this thing out. And that Paul says, You know, I want you to have all these things that God has for you so that. You you can walk in a, in a worthy manner, a pleasing manner, a life that bears fruit and that you'd be strengthened with, with his power. And, and it's not our power, it's his power. It gives us endurance and patience and joy. That's what Paul's praying for us to have as we understand what our identity in Christ is. And then, you see, when you, when you settle in that, when, when you go through difficulties, because we have those things in life, we, we deal with hard things. But knowing who He is and who we are in Him helps us to endure them in really amazing ways. Um, you remember in the last series, I talked about an incident that happened in, uh, in a jail in Philippi uh, with a Philippian jailer. I want to read you the Scripture just to refresh your memory. Paul and Silas have been imprisoned. Uh, verse 22, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose." And the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he then brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, this is an amazing story, so just so you're you're catching all that's going on, Paul and Silas are arrested for preaching the gospel, doing what God has called them to do. They're arrested. Not only are they arrested, they are beaten, they're flogged. And then they're taken to the inner cell and they're put in stocks. And so here's what I always think about when that happens, and maybe you're different than me, but if I had just been arrested and beaten, And flogged and in stocks for doing the things that I thought God would want me to do, my discussion with God might be something along the lines of, seriously? (laughs) What? Maybe you're better than that. But not, really? But Paul and Silas start to pray and they start to sing praise songs. Can you imagine? And they're just praising God. And the Spirit of God's moving in the entire jail, right? And all the other prisoners, a bunch of criminals in there, they're all listening because they know what's going on. They know the depth of the story. They know that these guys have been beaten. And they're listening. And all of a sudden, there's an earthquake. Not your normal sort of earthquake. Maybe it's God because all of a sudden, all the doors pop open and all the chains come off. Not many earthquakes cause those results. And the jailer wakes up, and he's ready to kill himself because he's responsible for all these prisoners. But all these prisoners stay in their cells. Now listen, the, the writer of uh, Acts, Luke, he's, he's building this point up because if you were prisoners, if they're in jail and the, suddenly the doors are open and the chains are free, they're going on the run. They're, they're not hanging around. They're not waiting to see. They're on, they're lambing it out. Well, none of them leave. And, and because God's doing something through Paul and Silas something's going on and they, they're not leaving. And when the jailer comes in and he sees everybody's still there, and he, you know what he said? I, I want in on whatever this is. I don't know exactly what this is. All I know is I want in. What do I got to do? Paul said, just believe on the Lord Jesus and you're in. You and your household. Come on, that's how you do it. See, their lives were so abundant even in the midst of what they were going through that it was impacting the people around them significantly. And that's what happens when we sort of get our identity in Him. The other thing we're going to talk about in this series is the inheritance of the saints. Point number three. Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Now, as we explore this inheritance... Um, what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be encouraging you to, to read once again I- I- your Word and be l- looking at how, you know, God tells us who He is and who we are in Him. But there's, it's really important that you have this thought in mind, when you, and you may want to write what I'm about to say down. Write this down, one statement. Christianity is not a set of rules. Christianity is not a set of rules. See, if you have in your mind somewhere that this thing is a rule that we're following a bunch of rules. When you read this book, you read it as a rule book. And it's not a rule book. It's a revelation of truth about who He is and who we are. And we need to take it that way or we get all messed up. And we have a tendency to want to make rules out of things. Um, Because we, we sort of deep down, we like to be able to go check things off. Well, I did this, I did this, I did this, I'm in. So just tell me what the rules are and I'll do them but that's not this life. See, uh Christianity Christianity is not based on rules. It's based on a person. And his name is Jesus. So the whole thing is based on relationship with Jesus. That's why I'm always telling you that we've got to build that. We got to we got to move into that. That's why we spend time in the scripture and we pray because it's based on him. Jesus said I am the way. He didn't say let me tell you the way. A huge difference I am the way the truth of I am the way and, and when you get a hold of that see cuz we like to think that the way is a bunch of rules and when we get that we figure, well here's the rules to get on the way and you need to be on the way like I'm on the way because if you're not on the way that I'm on the way you're not on the way at all and then I can judge you and criticize you because you're not on the way and and we we start to get really mean and critical when we're rule followers there's no love it's not attractive like Paul and Silas were people don't want any part of that But but when you realize that this is based on your relationship, what it does is it causes you to want to continue to press in into your relationship. You don't you're not going to satisfy, well, I got the rules knocked out and I'm good. No, we're always pressing into who Jesus is so that we know him more than more and that we're growing in that idea. See the it's 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 about this process of yielding to the spirit. Um, It's not something, Christianity is not something that you and I attain by right living. It's based on what Jesus did for us. And right living is what comes out of that relationship. And so it's so important that we read it and we, because if you read it and it's, oh, it talks about holiness. Oh, I got to be holy. Here's the thing in Christ, because you've been saved, you already are holy. Oh, it talks about righteousness. I got to get right. Well, in Christ, you already are right. Oh, I want to earn the favor of God. You already have the favor of God. See, there's something about taking that in and realizing it, and then what has to happen is instead of it being about a bunch of rules, it's just the reality that that's who I am in Christ. And then by yielding to the Spirit, He empowers us just to live who we are. That's what begins to happen. And that's where life comes from. So it, it changes everything. The dynamic changes completely. And so, so don't read it as a rule book. It's a revelation of truth. And... and Allow that truth then to begin to change us from looking at everything with very natural minds to spiritual minds and know that, that if we've come to Christ, we're, we're the children of God. We're, we're the child of the Most High. We're already holy, already righteous, forgiven. Uh, he did all that when He hung on the cross for us. The inheritance of the saints we're going to talk about. You know how you get an inheritance? Somebody dies for you. Somebody dies and leaves it. Well, for us, the inheritance came when Jesus died. And that inheritance we're experiencing now is full and abundant, now and forever alive. And it has it for us. And that's what he wants for us. So we're going to dig into that over the next uh, period of time together. But that's enough for today. That'll hopefully get you to want to come back. And uh, <laughs> ministry team, those are here, why you head over the wall? People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you as a group. And then we'll have breakfast. And we'll dismiss. I'm really not checking my texts. I'm going to pray, but I want to turn the air down a little. Okay. Let's pray. Pop up. Thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. You want us to have life full and abundant now and forever. And help us, Lord, to continue to grow in you, to yield to what you're doing in our lives. And that, that we would get that, that you're, you're leading us. All we've got to do is listen. And Lord, that as we live this life that pleases you, it would impact the world around us for you. Lord, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God.